Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'll be your host this evening as myself and my three esteemed gentlemen who are my guests um, run through uh, quite a pleasing result in the end as Rangers beat Dundee United at a Worcester Quintana Dice. Two goals to nil. Goals from Fashion Sakala, Malik Timmon and a man of a match display by Michael Beale's team talk. First of my guests to come up and chat through um, all things Rangers, David Thomason joining us from the continent. How are you, Davey? Yeah, fine, great after today, but unfortunately uh, I'm downstairs again. My Wi-Fi said bye-bye, <laughs> and uh, that's that's me stuck to, to cable uh, just now. So uh, hopefully I can get it fixed for the next podcast. Right. See, this is... Uh, it's like a wee documentary. We're showing like the behind the scenes of amateur podcasting. Yeah. Um, I'm on my phone tonight as well. Um, as um, I was telling you boys before, I'm in the middle of a footing or the other end of a footing, but I don't have any Wi Fi. So, um, if I fuck off halfway through this podcast, folks, it's because my phone's ran out of internet. Um, also joining us from the deep south, the man behind the buttons for tonight, Mason Stewart. How are you doing? Yeah, well, good. Thanks, Colin. Uh, a lot better after that, you know, second half performance. Um, you know, we were just saying there off air, you know, watching us on a Sunday afternoon at four o'clock was a bit of a strange one, but at least they didn't ruin the rest of the weekend. It was uh, made up, uh, as I say, with that second half performance. Absolutely. Um, the cliche game of two halves is really becoming um, overused with this Rangers side, but we'll absolutely get into that. Last but not least, as always, joining us, Davey Pollock. How are you doing tonight, Davey? Smashing, lads. Good to be on. It's quite uh, quick after a victory. So we're normally not on until uh, perhaps the following day, so not really much time taking a... Uh, I've not watched a rerun of it or anything, so it's just going to be fresh off the top of my head. But uh, very pleased, particularly with the, with the result, and most, as well as the performance, because I think uh, we got both today, so... Very pleased with that. Absolutely. And um, it is pleasing to see, I think, the last time that I was on, and 
for what what you guys were speaking about on Thursday night as well. It's it's no perfect performances we're seeing. It's a really good run of results. That's five wins in a draw in the first six games. It's no been perfect performances, but we're starting to see Michael Beale's stamp coming into this team, coming into these individual players and the style of play, the more and more it goes. Um, so we'll run through the first half and then spend a good bit of time on what we really like seeing in the second half. But before we do, um, probably just in the lineup, I'll start with you, David Tomlinson. Um, Wesney, for me, there wasn't too many surprises um, in, in the lineup, with the exception of the goalkeeper, uh, McLaughlin coming in for Alan McGregor. Michael Beale in his pre-match did say that um, he was expecting a lot of cross balls that they had to deal with and John's, John McLaughlin's been good in training, he's been looking sharp. Um, what, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think this is maybe a sign of Beale preferring McLaughlin or is it a case of both of them just to get game time? Well, I think, I think every manager uh, will hate that McGregor doesn't come for crosses. And it's just a big flaw in his game. So I, I, whether, well, McGregor is a far better uh, stopper. That we, we know that. But um, not, not, not coming out for balls. It's given, especially if the, you know, the, the guy Fletcher uh, is, is quite good in the air. So I can quite, quite believe that he's looked at the, their, their team and thought, well, they're going to be pumping high balls into Fletcher all day, which which they had a, a good few high balls into him. And that's that's probably why he's uh, he's going. I also thought that the Jack Lundstrom was a bit of a surprise. I wasn't really expecting that. And that's, well, that's all. Yeah, the Kolak came back in, I suppose you could say a surprise as well, although you've, you've sort of a... Uh, been, he's been talking about it for a few weeks, putting him in, but he's not been fit. So I suppose he got his chance today and uh, obviously left Alfie out. So I suppose that could be a wee bit of a surprise as well for some. Mason, what was your take on the lineup? Um, uh, it's a good point about Cholak. Um, I, I've assumed that as soon as he was going to be fit and ready, it would have been anxious, as David said, because... Because Michael Beale spoke about him so highly in the press conferences, um, I suppose. Um, I seen a comment come in there um, from John Thompson, can we do better than uh, Sakala in this window as well? Um, I, I thought Sakala was a nailed-on starter for me after the old firm. But, so what's your thoughts on the lineup? Um, I was a little bit su- surprised to see uh, McGregor come out. I think something David T actually said that he, he would have um, changed it. And I just thought, you know, there's no way unless McGregor gets an injury that... that Bill will change it, but um, you know I think, as I said, that, you know Dundee United are good from set pieces away from home. You know it's one that we worry about. I'm not a fan though of, of changing the keeper. You know week in week, um, I would like us to go and get number one. I think uh, positive five just put that in there as well, but that's not going to happen. So I was surprised to see that. Um, and then the the only one really was Cholak coming in um, because he hasn't played much recently um, and away from home at a tough tough venue. I think we see in the first, I know maybe a little bit harsh to Cholak that he was, um, you know, that was his first game in a while, but I think we, we looked well off it um, up there and he, he didn't hold the ball up well and I think even give us an out ball at, at times. So uh, I was quite surprised to see him thrown in, but um, 
you know, we, we're struggling a little bit up there because Ruth's just come back. Morelos has been struggling with an injury. Um, but apart from that, that is the team we pick. And, and uh, just to comment to Sakala, he was the first name on the team sheet, absolutely. Um, and, and I think, you know, his goal, which we'll, we'll come on to, but that's why he's in there. And David Park, just taking away John McLaughlin then, um, I think in the first half, um, we we let Dundee United get a couple of chances. Um, he, I don't think he had too much to do throughout the full game. But has he has he done enough for you um, to be in in goals next week? Or what's your thoughts on the goalkeeping um, position in general? Because I totally agree with Mason. I don't really want to start swapping about goalkeepers. I'd I'd like to unless it's Robbie McCrory and this is the addition for next year. Um, I don't really want to be swapping goalkeepers for the sake of swapping them. Uh, I think it would be. I, I think he will change them. He'll change them from game to game, depending on what he sees uh, the opposition uh, as. You know the strengths of the opposition, so it makes sense for me. You know, for we're going, we're going to have a lot of the ball, and I, I think perhaps you know maybe a more you know as, as we said today, you know more settled central defence partnership. You know, we'll 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 cope with uh, the flipping of the goalkeepers. It's it's only going to be one or two. It's going to be McLaughlin or McGregor, and I think as David said, McGregor's a better shot stopper. So, in the last few games, and, and you would think, see, the trend is 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 rather encouraging. You know, in terms of they had two chances, two strikes in goal last week, scored two goals. You know, so you would say, well, what's your keeper doing? <laughs> uh, and and this week they they had one shot in goal today. Uh, they'd, they'd one sh- uh, shot on target, sorry. Uh, so, obviously, the defence is improving. So, I think the, the John McLaughlin becomes a better fit in terms of, you know, where we're, we're, we're stopping, you know, the, the shots raining in on us. Then uh, he's much better you know, in terms of uh, with his feet. You know, obviously, with a, he's had a couple of Lulus and, and the cross-ball things because... You see a lot of the teams, particularly Ibrox, you know, you know, you're thinking of Livingston's Motherwell's Dundee United today. It's it's all about set pieces. Anything with w- within, you know, 50 yards of the goal gets launched in. So someone who's going to come for cross balls is more of an asset than someone who doesn't for me in terms of the goalkeeper. In terms of up front, I would uh Cholak, I was I was uh, delighted to see big uh, gorgeous back. But uh, I wouldn't have to say he didn't have the, the greatest first half. You know, I think they put the start up on screen that he had the fewest number of touches on the pitch. And most of them were pretty shite. So uh, I, th- I think we would have we would have seen a change, you know, had he not been injured uh, not long into the second half anyway. So, no, but it was, uh, it was a, I thought, all in all, you know, at the end of the game, I was, I was very encouraged just by the way the things are trending for us. In terms of you know the the way the team are playing, the defence is settling down. I thought Lundstrom and uh, Ryan Jack in midfield today were, were superb, and it's it's what uh, Michael Beale said before. You know, we we need to play as as a as the big team, and I and I think we saw that today because there was no panic stations. You know, there was uh, I think the the Tanadays crowd were pretty subdued. So there was nothing for them to get too excited about. I think it dawned on them, and, and some of it is just pure psychology, but I think it dawned on them, you know, after we went 2-0 up, the game was pretty much done. They weren't in it. You know, whereas, you know, games in Tanadice and 
we've seen recently with Audrey, you know, we're on the edge of our seat, bloody sometimes behind the couch. For some of these games, counting down the minutes to the final whistle, that didn't happen today. In fact, from a long way out, you, we knew we were home and hosed. So that was that's the encouraging signs for me. Just on that, um, Tanner has been subdued. I think we do need to give the benefit of the doubt to Dundee United, the players and the fans, because we all know for the rumours in the news this week that Dundee is now war stricken. Um, Rangers went up there with an army filled with the UVF, UDA, Darth Vader's Imperial troops for the Death Star. So I, I wouldn't be feeling really up for cheering uh, my team on as well. So. Fair fucks to them for at least turning up. Probably the only place they could get shelter um, in the war zone that is Tayside. Um, David Olmerson, uh I don't want to dwell too much on the first half because there's, there wasn't too many flash points or too many talking points. It felt, it felt just really flat. Probably what's the most frustrating thing for me is how quickly Rangers are able to turn it on. We've seen that in the second half. But to you, what... What was it about the first half that we couldn't get going? What were we doing? Was it just a culmination of just lack of energy, or was there anything in particular that you was frustrating you in the first half? Well, I think it's the same as we've been the last few weeks, and nearly every week. We we start off with sitting far too deep, uh, and I, 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 I'm going to say last week against Celtic until I went off. Lundstrom was the best player in the park. I'll say it this week. I've converted you. I've converted you. Lundstrom was good as well later, but when he goes back into that role of taking the ball off the goalkeeper and going between the two centre-halves, it's just taken away from the midfield because we've not got a player in the midfield. The second half, it was obviously, Beals told him, you've got to get at least 10, 20 yards further up the park. I think that's the biggest thing that, that's and then Lundstrom moved in more into the the middle of the park and then he started doing his stuff there and that's for me the biggest difference. We were just playing in the second half. I, I think uh, I don't think there was more than two players at one time from Dundee in our half. So I, I mean there might have been one or two attacks that they got more up, but in general the. There was hardly a Dundee United player in our half at the in the second half, and I think that's just because we were up pressing them in their own half, and we didn't, we just didn't let them out. And I think that's a big difference uh, between the first half and the second half. And it was like that against Celtic as well. We we moved up the park, and we're just when when we stop players, teams coming forward, then uh, then then we can we can get them uh, fat, really good uh, grip on them. And we've seen that in other games. And when Bill was here the last time with Gerard, we've done that a lot as well. And you just see that we're getting fitter and fitter by the by the day. You can you can see that as well. Even Morelos looked as if he was a lot fitter today. Well, although there was, a, I think he took a, a one shot at goal where he thought, "I'm not going to run that distance." So, but um, no, it's, uh, I, I think that's a big difference that we just got up the park and started closing them down in their own half instead of letting them come on to, to our half. Because let's face it, in the first half, between the, the the 20th and the 40th minute, I think, Dundee had about four good chances to to score. Fletcher had two, and the guy Smith uh, put the ball past the, the, the post when he was really through in his own. 
And there was a cross ball from Middleton that um, McLaughlin parried away. And that, that was four chances that, that could have put us behind again. And talking about that, that, that ball that McLaughlin parried away, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, there was ex- uh, McGregor get the exact same ball and he didn't move for it. He just let it run through. If it was somebody at the back post that we did in the net. So I think but that's the difference um, that I think that uh, Rangers just played further up the park. We set them fast in their own half and uh, they, they couldn't get out. I think that's a big difference. A question for a positive vibe there about um, Michael Beale's Michael Beale's press conferences talk about what do we think about Michael Beale saying he doesn't want to rush Inj- uh, players back for injury yet he's saying Morelos is playing through a pain barrier personally I wouldn't look into that too much I think the biggest thing here is we're now seeing how open Michael Beale is and he's very different from Gerard and Van Bronckhorst where he's no, he's not been in the limelight since he's been 16 years old um, he's no media trained and you just you see him at the you see him at these press conferences, he just loves talking, right? He's, um, you don't get one more dancer from him, so I think that's something you have to learn to, to way over the next um, all his tenure um, at Rangers, because that's got to be stuff that starts to tip him up. Obviously, I don't think there's anything too much in that. I think if you do look into the exact wording, it is contradictory, but I think he probably means long-term injuries, serious injuries versus niggles. There's a bit of a difference there, but it's a really good point that Positive Vibe makes about his press conferences um, and how he speaks. It's He's given us a lot of information um, and it's refreshing right now, but you hope it doesn't become too much. Um, on his press conference, Mason, um, post-match, he spoke about his half-time team talk and we all said in the chat, it must have been a fucking... Um, <laughs> it must have been an arse kicking, at least. But what he said was he... he uh, without giving away the game plan he asked the team to start moving more off the ball. And uh, David Thompson's spot on, I think, a lot of what we didn't see in the first half was coming from the midfield. Jack looked a bit lost. Lundstrom just tried to get the ball in the wrong areas. Once those two cemented, I think that really put a foothold in the game for everybody. Yeah, I thought, uh, I know that David just mentioned uh, John Lundstrom, but I thought Ryan Jack, for me, he got man of the match from, from Sky, and I think that was the right, I think he was everywhere second half. And I think it's just saying simple, it's just running off the ball. It's something we, we didn't do last week in the first half against them and we didn't do it today in the first half. Something really simple. So Carla probably, in, you know, in that first half was the only one that was doing it. Um, and, and it's just stuff that was really, really simple. And, um, you know, Bill said before the game about he wanted to see energy, um, you know, and, and it was more about the, you know, the mental going, going there and winning the battle. I think we've done that, but it's just, you know, we lacked quality as well and, and, and we got that straight away in the second half. But I thought Ryan Jack was brilliant and he, he's been one that we've, we've moaned about, you know, of recent. But um thought we had a really good game. And yeah, just on Bill's presses, it's it's it's, it's mad, isn't it? Because uh, we've gone from a manager where, I'll be honest, switching him off after five minutes when he was, you know, doing his press conferences because he wasn't getting much back. It was dull and it was, you know, a little bit hard to listen to. But, but 20 minutes we get now from Michael Boo every time and I'm enjoying it. I think he's, you know, he's definitely t- talking a good game, but, you know, six wins, uh, five wins out of six and, and, you know, a couple of minutes away from getting six out of six and considering, you know, what he's took on with the amount of injuries and, and everything else that's been going on, um, you know, I think he's going in the right direction. So, uh, you know, hopefully that continues going forward. Just before we wrap up in the first half, um, 
I, I don't want to really go looking for problems where there is none, but well, for better for worse, I'll always try and be honest this podcast. Um, David Pollock, was it a penalty for Conor Golson? I mean, it's only fair we speak about it now because it's always got to fill the fucking media over the next seven days. My gut instinct, I put it into the chat, when the ball hit Conor Golson's hand, um, and it's only after seeing the replays, I didn't notice any at the time, I did think I'd be wanting that if I was a Rangers, uh, if it happened to to Rangers at the other end. What was your thoughts on that? Of course you would claim for them, you would claim for all of them, but uh, <clears throat> I'm sure it was assessed. My my reaction was, you know, has it hit his hand? Is it, yeah, it's come off his hand. Yeah. Is that a penalty? No. That was, I, I never thought we were in any danger there, to be honest. It's, uh, you know, if, if, if that's, if the ball striking someone's hand is a penalty every time in the penalty box, you're going to change the whole game. You're going to change the, the, the nature of football. Will, you won't be able to play at close, close quarters anymore. It's just, uh, but, you know, any corner into the box, you know, is, uh, there's a danger that, but if you've intense, if you're seeking an advantage from the ball striking your arm, or if you've, you know, even inadvertently gained an advantage from the ball, then I can understand why penalty claims, you know, are made. But when it comes off and there's absolutely, there's no consequence of the ball striking Conor Goldson's arm, that's not a penalty. There's no advantage. There's nothing. The opposition weren't denied anything. So, sorry, it's, no, it's not no penalty for me. No. I'll go around the table just to make sure we're all clear because I, I did watching the game. I thought we got away with we one, but speaking to people about it, and it's probably I think a big a big um, factor in how much the media can run with this is how unclear the rule is. And David, I'll come to you next. The rules are very ambiguous with the uh, with the handball, and I even look at the 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 Rosen one for against Celtic as well, which I don't think that was, but I thought just because his arm was out, fell away from his body, but if you read any more, my understanding is it should be something that, along the lines of if a player's got time to react, so with that deflection coming in and he's not been able to react today, is that is that pretty much the rules? What are we thinking? Um, well, the first time I've seen it, I, I thought, yeah, that's never a penalty, but when is when you've seen the replay from a different angle, his, his arm was away from his body. That, 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 that's for sure. So in that that context, it should be a penalty, really. How how near was he to the guy? To be honest with you, I can't, I can't, I've only seen the incident once and the replay once, so I, I can't really judge on it. I would need to see it a few times. But um, at the time, I didn't think it was a penalty. And then I saw the replay and his hand was away, away from his body. So I'm afraid I'm going to sit in the fence with that one because I, I haven't seen it often enough. I haven't seen a, a really good replay of it to 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 make any good decision on it. You're taking a right Belgium approach to this war, aren't you? Fucking hell. Uh, Mason, what's your thoughts on it? Nah, never a penalty for me. Um, but I'm not looking forward to seeing it on Twitter all week like I have with last week from the other side. But no, it's, it's never a penalty. Um, if you get give a, give a penalty for that, you know, giving penalties for, for everything. But these handball rules are causing issues. We spoke about it on the, the WhatsApp uh, earlier, Colin. It's just, you know, they've changed it three or four times now. And you know, even, I think even the referees at this point are struggling to know what, what, what is and what isn't. Um, you know, if you go back to in the summer, the penalty we, 
we conceded um, in, in Belgium. Um, you know, funny enough, uh, with Goldson that, that was that was given, it was it was a ridic ridiculous decision. They've changed that again since then. So, no, nah, it's never a penalty, uh, not for me. And as I said, I'm, you know, we're going to hear about it all week. How we were were lucky not, you know, not to be a goal down. But as you said, that that's their paranoia. Aye, and um, it's been really refreshing seeing um, some of the snippets coming out over the last week about how far this goes. Um, don't know if anybody's seen Martin Ramsey of Heart and Hand um, posting the Walter Smith quote for 1996 about Celtic being paranoid. It really gives you a connection to the older generation that this is just deep-rooted and they've always been fucking mental. Um, into, the, into the second half then, and David Park, I've got to start with you. As we go through the second half, there's there's a few players I do want to spend a bit of time on, and the first one I'm, I want to ask you about Alfredo Morelos. So I thought Morelos he didn't have a he didn't have a perfect game, but I thought he did help change the shape of what um, what we were trying to do, and he did he did drag defenders far and wide um, and allowed space for Kent Sakala Tillman. Um, I actually think he's 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 doing a wee bit to start to win me background to um, having him having his poster up in my wall again. Yeah, maybe there's uh, Alfredo's being a reformed character. That would be nice. No, but I think he uh, he's clearly very good on the ball. He, he he can take the ball with his back to goal. You know, he's he can lay off. He, he'll he'll bring other people into the play. So. He's very comfortable doing that, more so than, than Big Antonio. So I, I think he was just a better fit. I think he is just a better fit. That type of player is just a better fit for, you know, Ryan Kent and, and Fashion Sakala. Because, you know, when we're going to rely on Antonio, you know, is just essentially a target man, then uh, it, it changes the whole dynamic of, of the, the forward line. So I think Alfredo was just, is just a better fit in terms of the type of player that he is for that so I <clears throat> we pretty much got what we expected from Alfredo you know what he does and a couple of times you know he was he was clearly desperate to get it on the score sheet a couple of these long range efforts which although they were on target I don't think they were trouble on the goalkeeper but uh, a couple of straight passes but you can see what he brings you know he's he's got a nice uh, eye nice touch you know it's a uh, He's a, he's a very good football player, Alfredo Morelos, as, as well as a very good goal scorer. So I think he's, he's just a better fit for us in terms of what Michael Beale and the players that are around about him try to do. So he was a, uh, I think that, but the change in, you know, emphasis in the second half, you know, with uh, Ryan Jack, he uh, was much more willing to run, you know, and it came, the first goal was a, a perfect example when he, when he, when he makes the run. Uh, which opens up the space for Fashion Sakala. So it was a, uh, and to get a couple of goals in a minute, I think we had them rattled at that point, and they were, you you could just see it. some of the football we played after that. I thought was superb all all over the pitch. I thought we were uh, we you could really see it that I could see at that point. I thought it would have been nice, but you could see at that point the difference. An emphasis in, in terms of movement pass, movement pass. Some so comfortable in the second half compared to the yeah, first. It was so comfortable. Some of the second half was was just a joy to watch. And I'm thinking, gosh, this is beginning to uh, 
change. It's changed from Geo, and and you can I could just see that the movement of the players, and to get to the end of the game when we had Barisic, you know, who, who'd cut inside and then flip it over the boy's head, and you can just that for me was just a wee telltale of of the improving confidence in that team, you know that because normally I'll. Uh, Borna would just lump it somewhere right down the wing or he'd cut it back but he'd, uh, he'd time for reflex over the head today so that was just uh, that brought a smile to my face yeah, so because I thought we, we were in a good place at that point because normally the, the last five is helter-skelter none of that today well that's nicely on to my next point um like the the players involved in in the goal, um, we've got to start with the man who put the ball in initially. So I thought this was a fantastic, but I worked with the goal. Um, Barisic where the the ball into a space, and it doesn't always have to be into a player. He's played the ball into a space for either Kent or Sakala to run onto. Kent, he has guided it. He's tried to guide it into the path of Sakala, and Sakala sets himself up with one touch on the left and a right foot finish. Um, so David Thompson are. Uh, well, I asked you about Barisic first of all. Um, at the end of the game, I thought he was. Um, I thought he was maybe a shout for man of the match. I thought he was. He had a really good second half, um, and I, I don't know. I, again, I don't want to get myself worried into this fucking false sense of security again because we know the bad patches he can have. But I think he's came back a new man for the World Cup. What was your thoughts on him tonight? Well, I, I don't mm-hmm. think it was man of the match. That's me too. Yeah. <laughs> I went, when do I ever agree with you, Colin? I <laughs> face but um, no, I, I think, uh, I mean, it's, some of his crosses today were absolutely terrible. He, he, he hit the, the, the bar once, the top of the bar, the wrong side of the bar, and then he, he put one into the crowd. So I, I didn't think Barisic was that, that, that brilliant. I think in the second and, half, that massively improved. I thought. Um... I, I don't know. It's we've not watched the game back yet. We're going. I'm going in gut instinct, but I, I came away for that second half. Thinking he's he's been involved in a lot more. Yeah. No. Well, I'll I'll, I'll give you the 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 Jack and the Lundstrom in the second half. They were such and Barisic as well. But I think Jack helped Barisic a lot today. Uh, being near him as well, it gave him a, an extra pass that he could make, and the it was actually. Uh, Sakala won the ball actually, or got the ball in the in his own half, and then he passed it on to Barisic. Barisic tried to put it through to to Jack, or not tried to put it put it through to Jack, and Jack gave a lovely wee flick through, and the Sakala ran onto it. One wee touch up in the air, and the second into the roof of the net. That was absolutely fantastic goal. And we we say we say uh, Sakala's no composure, but <laughs> it. In this instance, he had all the composure he wanted because he, the keeper got nowhere near it. So the keeper, the keeper was sort of uh, waving his hand still when the ball was already hit the back of the net. No, great, but Barisic, no, I, I, I don't think for me the, the man of the match uh, will certainly the, the, even the, the last few weeks could be Davies. I thought, I thought he, I think he's having actually great games. He, he was. In front of Fletcher nearly every time, although Fletcher did a couple of shots in the first half and he rolled Davies in the first half once. But um, I, I think Fletcher's made a big difference to this team, I really do. 
Davies for uh, Fletcher. Sorry, ah, uh, you said Fletcher, Davies. and I was, Davies, Davies. I was panicking there, David, because <laughs> obviously it's um, it's transfer window silly season, so I thought you were going to put in the suggestion we signed Stephen Fletcher. But no, there's comments coming in, um, you know, poo pooing my idea that Bonner had a, a decent game. So, um, I'll, I don't think it was bad. <laughs> I don't think he was bad, Colin. Don't get me wrong, but um, I, I don't think he was near man of the match proportions. Yeah, oh well, that's um, you know, that, that's why I've drafted you guys in to um, shine some sense into my yeah, shit yeah. that I spout. Um, Mason, just on Sakala because it, Davey mentions Davey as well, but I want to talk about the back four or five as a whole, uh, before we finish tonight because that's going to be key going forward. But um, just on fashion Sakala, um. Positive vibes just say Sakala's the, the boy there too. Um, he's this is why we signed Sakala for his, his raw ability just to do it on instinct. Um, it's really nice to hear him speak about the conversations that he's had with Bill since he came back and about why he was signed in the first place. Um, I think Sakala's never got to start 40 games a season, but he's the type of player. He he potentially for me goes into the Scott Wright role where he'll come on as an impact sub, he'll start here and there. These are the type of players that know the squad fellas, the, the impact subs, the guys who who can change change a game. Yeah, and I think you, you've summed him up well there. I think that, that should be his role going forward. But at the moment, he's you know, as I said, I think it's what is it, three goals and two assists now in, in the in the sixth game and I think one of them he didn't start. So out of five starts, he's got three goals to assist. And yeah, it, it's a great finish. Um, I, I'm not sure about the composure overall because everything he does hit is just put your foot through it and hope for the best. Um, but to be fair, the first touch, um, how he flips it, flips himself up, is an absolutely brilliant touch um, and a great finish, similar to the finish on his left foot uh, that we see at Parkhead last season. So there's definitely a player there um, with Sakala. Um, but I think Bill summed him up really well Um you know, post-match and said that he was trying to complicate things too much in the first half. And and, and you, you, can, you can we can see him doing that himself. He gets the ball and he doesn't know what he's going to do. do you know, he reminds me of, of Novo quite a lot because when he does things off of, off of, off of instinct, um, you know, he looks good. But when he's got time, um, the, the, he should have put Sakara in for 1-0. Uh, it was the, the best move we had sort of of the first half and he gets it stuck under his feet. And I used, it just reminded me of Novo. But I can see him being that if he's going to be at Rangers long term, I think it, as you said, I think it will be in certain games and off the bench as an impact out wide because I, I think it's been proven that he's, he's a man that's, that's, that we can't um, rely on through the middle. But one thing we all say about Sakala, I think someone summed him up perfectly on Twitter today and said he looked like a competition winner in the first half. And he did, he did, he did. But one thing you can never ever knock him is he always gives 100% and he plays for the jersey. And see, see, and, and, and positive uh, vibes just put it in his attitude. His attitude is always first class, and, and when you've got that, you know, he makes him really likeable. And, and at the moment, he is one of the, the first names on the team sheet. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. 
Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Can I just say, uh, I think it was too old for you guys, but uh, for, at least for two of you, but Ted McMinn's a better uh, likeness to him, I think. Ted McMinn did the clue of what way his feet were going either. Can you hear that? That's um, the sign, the sound of the listeners furiously putting into Wikipedia. Who the fuck is Ted McMahon? Now I'm only joking. It's a name we all know, but I wish I knew more about him. Um, it's maybe if we get this history show back up and run again for the pod, you know, Davey, that can be the first player we speak about. Um, Davey Paul again. Uh, we let's go to the second goal. Um, after the first goal, Rangers. Rangers started that half very well um, deserved to get that first goal and it wasn't long until we, we added a second and another wonderful move so if Borna had everything to um, if, if Borna takes a lot of the praise for the first goal then I think Tavney has to take a lot of the praise for creating a second as well it's nice to see both full-backs being involved again in the attack. Um, unleashed, David Thompson spoke about this time and time again under Gio, how Tavernier was almost like shackled into that right-back position, but we see him driving into the box, getting the cut back away, and um, the ball um, the ball doesn't quite ran, land right for Sakala. Um, but we've got Tillman at the edge, just getting the rebound and a fine finish, 2-0. Malik Tillman, she was just signing the new and get all this, get all this tension out of the way. I would, yeah. I mean, because you, you can just see the boys get a touch of class about me. Eh? And and the Tavernier, you know, when Tavernier puts the ball in, you know, if Fashion Sakala had any composure, he had one one gene in his body that what composure he would have popped the second in. Sakala and and composure are never the twain shall meet. Somebody in the comments just, just said um, it, was, it was Callum C said kind of shite, kind of brilliant. That that's it, isn't it? With Sakala, kind of yeah. shite, kind of brilliant. The, I thought his first his uh, first goal was absolutely superb. He's running full tilt and he flicks the ball up with his right foot and then volleys it with his left foot. I mean, I, 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 I was shouting at my boy. This is Sakala, one minute, you know, he's he's absolute a horror story. Next minute, he's Ronaldinho. You know, that's what I was shouting at the TV. Because, uh, but fashion, he is, uh, he's got that chaos about him, doesn't he? He brings it in when he plays it at pace and he goes at defenders. You, you, we saw last week, you know, that what he can do. We saw today what he can do. So he definitely has something to contribute to this team. There's no doubt about that. As to whether he would be, you know, a first pick, you know, in a year's time, eighteen months' time, I, I hope not. And I'm not being unkind to Fashion Sakala there because I'm hoping that we'll have uh, something about just a bit more quality in, in terms of a right winger. It's someone who's uh, maybe it's just I'm, I'm setting my sights too high. I'm thinking <laughs> Loudrop or something, you know. <laughs> but but Fashion, got a God bless him. You absolutely love him to bits. He's uh, the energy, I mean, because I think he would fit in with Michael Beale's philosophy in terms of, you know, the running spaces. He never stops. His commitment is unquestioned. So 
if I was uh, going to a trench, I would be taking Fashion Sakala with me because you just know you're going to get 100% from him. So, and, and, and he's got it. You can see from the finish today was absolutely outrageous. But he's so, also got, the, you know, the rosette in him as well, you know, two yeah. minutes later. But back on to Malik Tillman. Um, he's, I've been well speaking about, um, I've been well speaking about Fashion Sakala. Tillman can be the polar opposite where he's not quite instinctive or has that raw power. He's very clever and calculated. And sometimes you just want him to stop overthinking it and just play the game. But he's yeah. he definitely adds something different, doesn't he? What we want them to do is have a baby together <laughs> because we could get the technical ability of Tillman and the pace of fashion Sakala, and uh, we would uh, they would probably be at Real Madrid. So that would be a... Uh, but if we could squeeze a baby out of the mud before that, we could try it. On to the next... government will organise it for us. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, okay, I'm, I'm just adding to the headlines. Um, I've, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be on... I'm probably going to be on Kerrydale. Um, the, the normal walk, like saying, even this Rangers podder suggests it might have been a penalty, but then we're probably going to be in the records or something <laughs> for suggesting that we just force force the Carlin and, and Tillman into be reading. Um, David Thompson, you mentioned uh, first. I want all three of your takes on this because probably a couple of things um, in my mind on the on the defence. Um, there's. We are in now. We are now, are now in Michael Beale's first transfer window. Um, personally, I think there's higher priorities than anywhere in the defence. But I'll ask all you to answer that. But as well as that, we're now seeing a, a solid back four in terms of a, a back four having a solid run together, and I think it's been really encouraging. Um, finally, Ben Davies and Connor Golson getting together. That's what two. Um, two away back-to-back clean sheets is something we've not had um, in like 13 months. So, David Thompson, do we need to add any defenders in the next two windows as as a priority? Yeah, defenders, no. Well, I think we've got Red Van to come back, so I think he, he'll he'll be good cover for, uh, for Barisic. Barisic, as you say, he's come back from World Cup, looks a different player. Um We've also got Suter to come back in the next few weeks. And then we've got uh, yeah, Sands. Mm. That's he's a he's a one we don't know about, but um and uh, and the young boy King still to still there. So I don't I don't really think we'd if if Davies keeps playing the way uh, he is, and I mean I think we'll all agree as well that Hellander will never play a game for our club again. So I, I think we can we can no. agree on that one. So that 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 leaves you that leaves you with, with uh, Suter and uh, and Bat and uh, King, sorry, uh, really for the for the centre half position because I, I don't think Sands can do it, but I don't think he'll be first choice for there. So no, I don't I don't think so. I think I think we can go with the way. I think I think we'll be going to the summer with the goalkeeper, um, because I don't think we're going to be buying a goalkeeper. And uh, but the way the the but if Bill whatever watches this, the Dutch goalkeeper probably for sale, and I don't know what it'll cost. But he's he's absolutely brilliant since the World Cup. Nobody knew him before the World Cup. They wondered who he was. 
the days of Rangers watching the World Cup and just picking the best <laughs> talent are fucking long gone, I'm afraid. Yeah. Oh, well, he did. He, I don't think he'll be that expensive. He's 28 right enough, but I don't think he'll be that expensive. But, um, no, uh, to, to, to go back to your question, no, I don't, th- I don't think we need to do too much to the defence. I, I think we'll, we'll keep the, the, the defence the way it is. Whether, whether for next year, no. depends what happens injury-wise. If Suter comes back and Suter can play a number, a good number of games, and we've got Davies and 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 Connor Goldson, then uh, then I don't think we need to. But it depends on injuries. If, if we're down again with five man injured from from all the the, the defenders, then uh, then then we're going to have to look at something. Aye, it's a different ball game at that point. But Mason, um, I think this back four complements each other. I think Goldson and Davies have a really good understanding, and where Sailor play now, they encourage. Davney and Barisic to be able to join in the attack. That's the, the game plan. Um, I'm seeing a lot of chat over the last few days about um, Tavernier. He's the worst defender we've seen in 30 years. Um, the, the, the guy gets some amount of sticks, but I don't... Way Adam Devine playing the Nathan Patterson role, hopefully in, in the next 18 months, I don't see the need to go and get a right back either. Obviously, if um, Barisic was to leave, then we need to go and get a, another left back. But I, I feel really comfortable where our first, uh, our first, fo- first four in the defence, and I've seen enough for Leon King to come in for centre half cover as well. Question mark over John Suter. But what's your thoughts on how our defences look between now and the rest of the season as well? Well, I think it was really important getting Golson and Davis in there as the pairing, and that was obviously the plan with. With, with Gio when he when he was here, and, and unfortunately, Ben Davis has had a lot of niggling injuries since he since he came, and he, he didn't play too much football last season. And then Connor Golson has been sort of that rocking defence gets a, a really bad injury and misses ten games. And what we're, what we're going to have now in the in the next few months is we're not going to have two games a week because we have no European football, and that's the first time in what four or five years that we've not had that. So Golson and Davis should now get a lot of game time and, and, and touch with they both stay fit. Um, as you know, comment comment says there, John Suter looks in good chat. Hopefully, you know, Suter, so I'm, I'm actually really hoping Suter can come in and, and get some game time from now in the end of season and stay fit. Um, because I think there is definitely a player there, he's got a good age, um, he's good pass on the good pass on the ball. I think you know, someone actually coming in and, and, and taking the pressure off Connor Golson as that right sided center half and not expecting Golson to play every minute. Um, but I do think once Helander goes. And if we do something, you know, there's a lot of talk that he might get released early. And, up, you know, um, up, Colin's, Colin's just gone off there. But I'd like to see us get a, a left-sided centre-half, um, you know. But as I said, with the wage bill, the way it is, um, we won't do that unless um, Holanda, um leaves. So um, I'll, uh, I'll keep it running until we wait for Colin. Oh, there he is. He's come back. See him loading. Sorry, Colin, lost you there for a minute, mate. Oh, sorry, technical difficulties. Um, I the joys of fighting, as I said. So, um, no, I'll, I'll let you crack on with your point now, mate. <laughs> no, no, I just said it, it depends what happens with Phil Hollander in terms of bringing in another centre half because obviously left sided centre half is the balance. I think that's what we're seeing as well. Um, you know, all season we've played with two right footers playing. There's, you know, you don't get that balance. Ben Davis gives us that balance. So unless Hollander goes and we can go and get a replacement, I don't think we'll do anything sort of from from uh, at the moment until until the summer. But um, yeah, Ben Davis getting game time with, with Connor Golson is absolutely huge. And just to touch on the point you said there about Tavernier, 
Um, he, he has been absolutely slaughtered. But I've got to be honest, Colin. I think some of it's, I think some of it's right. I think obviously you get some comments that are way over the top, but I think he's been really poor for us this season in terms of, the, you know, the heights that that, that Tavernier hit for us over the last few years. Um, and it's really important that Adam Devine does push Tavernier. And, and I hope Bill has, has got the, the balls to throw. If Tavernier's performances continue like they have done, he's got to put Adam Devine in there, you know, and give him a run in the team because that's what we want. We want we don't want players standing in the team that are bang out of form. And that goes for, for Barisic when uh, Yilmaz comes back as well. No, and that's a really good point. I'm seeing comments coming through for Kanji, positive, uh, and, and Callum C as well. But the mentality of these players, and that is that that does extend to um, our, our captain and vice captain about the mentality. But it's the fifty-five season as an outlier. But David Park, um, on that point, how do how do we create a challenge for these positions now? So when we look at Suter coming back, Yelmaz coming back, Devine's already there. Me personally, I don't want to wait until the game's done at Tanadice for Adam Devine to come on for five minutes. I think that I would like to see him get regular game time. And Mason's right, Tav's not been the worst player for Rangers this season. He's not been the best. Right? He's, he has been somewhere in the middle, but he gets he gets more criticism than most, but he's not undroppable. Is this an opportunity to give these guys a shake? Play Adam Devine. Um, in the cup game against St Johnston, he's he's shown he's good enough. Uh, Yilmaz, when he comes back, start bleeding him and get Leon King back in the fold as well. Can we start creating a bit of inner competition between now and the summer? Absolutely, Colin. And, and surely that's the way professional football squads work: is that the guys will will compete, albeit they're a team, and and they it's it's about what they can do as a collective. So if you're making a contribution and your contribution tails off and there's someone on the sideline who can make a bigger contribution, or at least who the manager feels can make a bigger contribution, then uh, that's that's who gets the slot. You know, we, we spoke about it, you know, after uh, last week's, uh, in last week's pod and in previous pods, ruthless is the word. Why want Michael Beale to be absolutely brutal in terms of, you know, if James Tavernier, James Tavernier first and foremost is a defender. You know, no one can argue with his goals and his assists, you know, when, when he gets up the park. But he's he's a right back. So that, to a certain extent, can cover up, you know, you know, disguise the fact that, you know, maybe he's not the best right back in the world. But when there's someone who's on the sideline who is a good right back, you know, you then become a wee bit more vulnerable. And I think it's uh, Michael Beale is duty-bound to give uh, Adam Devine his chance because the, the boy has come in did, it, did everything that was asked of him, and then some, and he will be watching what's happening, you know, the same as everyone else is. And I, I, I think Tav would be uh, expecting it. He's been a professional football player, you know, a lot of years. He knows he knows the score. We don't have to uh, spell it out to him. So I think it would be put, give Adam Devine a chance. If that overall improves our team, then Adam Devine stays in the team. That's that's just how the thing works. So we, we, there's almost uh, sometimes you, as a football manager, you shouldn't have a conscience. You you shouldn't shouldn't get clo- too close to them. And Michael Beale made that that when he arrived, saying I'm not their friend, and I, and I think that's that's it's got to be that way because if, if it's just a, an old pals act, then you know Tav's Tav's good for another 
four or five years, as some of the others, you know. So, no, I think if Adam Devine, <clears throat> Tavernier's is, he's obviously the skipper, you know, which gives him a, a be protected status. So all that means that he will have to go from from really shite to really, really shite before he, he gets uh, he gets the chop. But I think uh, th- these boys are coming through. If we don't show these guys a pathway, then the academy is just a waste of time. So uh, it's, and it's, just it's absolutely, and, and it's part of that cycle where, like, we've. And there was a question in the comments there about why why are these players still here? And it is about this cycle where we see the best in them when they're under no pressure. Obviously, there's been a couple of outliers, but for the most part, that's what it's been. So we need to create that pressure. We can't we we can't buy eleven new first team players and have them ready to gel for August. That can't happen. So where we can add value to the squad, we need to create that competition. I think I, I don't think. Adam Devine is the answer to go play 60 games at right back next year. Not yet. I think he can get there. But if we start creating that competition, Tavernier knows, and it's not just Tavernier, this goes to everybody in the squad. We want to create that feeling, that sense of urgency. I can't let my levels drop. If they do, I need to work hard to get in there. So either consciously or subconsciously, that's the feeling that's been in this camp for far too long. When I say, I, I think Tavernier's a really good professional. I don't think he's meant to let his levels drop. So that's the subconscious part. But if you look at Alfredo Morelos as the other, you know, it's a love-hate thing we all have with him. He's known he's not had to kick his ass to stay in that team for far too long. Um, just on the, He doesn't even need on, to be fit. Yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's the standards of, you know, it's it's, it's the... It's the standard joke, the old joke about, you know, when the two guys are, you know, there's a line bounds out the jungle towards two guys and one guy, you know, starts putting his trainers on and says, you'll never outrun a line. The other guy says, I don't need to outrun the line. I need to outrun you. So they, they need to understand that they're in competition with one another. Although they are teammates, they, they, they're in competition with one another. So the guy who's, who's, who's in your position in the first team, you know, I think... There'll almost be a kind of voodoo doll in the home there with the pins because you're there's a wee bit of you kind of praying for the injury to happen to let you in, which uh, might change your life when it happened to Nathan Parson. So I'm sure, but it shouldn't always be an injury that is required. Sometimes you know a better player emerges and 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 they will naturally take over. It's it's just part of the process. Moving on to the more top points in the transfer window. Also, we were chatting about this last night, gents, in the group chats about potential signings, and Michael Beale's kind of added a wee bit of fuel to the fire. I don't know if um, this has been purposely or not, um, but he was asked tonight after the game about the rumours surrounding Rangers being interested in Todd Cat, uh, sorry, Todd Cantwell from Norwich or Tom Davies from Everton. Um, he... <laughs> in a couple of different um, roundabout ways he's not really denied that we're interested it's weird David Thompson I'll come to you first usually when a nothing rumour comes out of nowhere um, the manager managers would confirm no there's no interest whereas Michael Beale tonight said he wouldn't go into speaking about individual players and our interest in them but he went a good way out of his way to speak about how high he rates these players. Do you see these being two of the three that he's talking about bringing in? 
Well, he sort of a yeah, he didn't deny it. So I suppose that that puts in a position that uh, no denial is, uh, is is probably going to be true. But I, I don't know. I can't uh, I can't look. But he annoys me a wee bit with it because uh, he says, "Well, I've been talking to two or three players this weekend," and I, I thought, "Well, is that two or is it three? You know, you know who you've been talking to. Can you know, tell us whether it's two or three. <laughs> and then at one time he said three or four as well. I thought, well, what is it three or four? Come on, two or three, three or four. But um, no, it's, uh, I, I don't know. It could, it, it could be. Obviously, rumours tend at the end up getting near where when they're going to be bought tend to be sort of a true. Um, in the in the beginning, the uh, beginning of January or the beginning of the transfer window. They, they tend to be names come up that you know will never ever happen, but I think the I think I think he's worked with them both as well. He said with the under twenty threes or something like that. He'd, he'd worked with them, and uh, so <clears throat> he obviously knows them. And uh, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see when it comes. He's, I mean, it would be stupid just now to say, uh, yeah, it's definitely true because uh, that would put him in a bit pretty embarrassing position. Well, yeah, we'll see who who comes in. But he says we're going to be really happy with it, so let's hope so. No pressure, eh? No pressure. Yeah. Whoever comes in, uh, Mason. Obviously, we like we spoke about this being the type of signing that we need to go and try and get. Like I think we all agree that if not the top priority, midfield is one of the top two, three priorities. So these players really fit the profile. Eh? What I want to be looking at. Um, dynamic midfielders, your typical number eight or box to box for the the old school generation. Um they're both around 24, 25. Absolutely falling out of favour at the, the clubs which means we won't have to pay too much for it, but there's still a potential resale value there. What's your thoughts in in, in this type of signing? Yeah, look, just first of all on Todd Cantwell, I think it's a it's a no brainer in terms of that's a player that 18 months ago, I was getting touted to go to one of the big boys in the Premier League for 25 million. Um, it hasn't lived up to it, uh, obviously, but uh, you know he's gone off the boil. He, he's wanted to leave Norwich for a while. Um, at 24, I, I think he scored eight or nine goals a couple of years in the Premier League from midfield. So, as I said, you know, I, I do think Cantwell would would be an interesting one. It's a you know he's a get him on a pre-contract and then do do a deal to get him in early. Um, I think it's a good bit of business and it's definitely the pre-contracts we've used. I actually, I've said it on the last part, but we've used the pre-contract market better than we have going out and spending three or four million. So, um, you know, we've, we've sort of restricted it to these pre-contracts and everyone that's been mentioned has been, is, is, is out of contract in the summer. Um, it's like the support no um, before if it even happens, who, who we're going after. But the Tom Davis one, I feel a little bit different, differently about, to be honest. I've seen him quite a few times forever and then I'm not overly sure that's what our midfield needs to be honest he's had a few injuries as well but I'll, I'll, I'll happily you know humble pie if he comes in and does the job for us but again it's it's a low risk in terms of that one but just on Bill what Bill said to that oppressor I don't think I've ever heard a manager come out and say oh I can't you know I'm not going to confirm or deny he's not you know he's not mine but then, you know, go on to say that, oh, Cantwell, you know, I played against Liverpool under 23s and he run the show and he's got great and he just needs his next move to go and, and kick on again. And then it says, you know, more or less the same with Tom Davids. And then later on in the pre- press conference, he uh, dismissed a centre-half we've been linked with 
Um, I think an Algerian centre half. I can't. Is it Pancho? His name. He come out and said, "No, we're definitely not interested in him." So to me, I can expect. I think we can pretty much, you know, read it in between the lines that Todd Cantwell and Tom Davis are going to be um, arriving pretty soon. That this is exactly what I was saying at the start of the pod, and uh, obviously I've had the pleasure of speaking to Michael Bill on this pod, but. Um, uh, for MD has not um, heard me speak about it before. The interview lasted an hour. I was on the phone to Michael Wheel for 30 minutes before and an hour and 20 minutes afterwards. Um, so uh, nearly nearly three years just chatting about football. The guy loves to chat and that's exactly like what Mason was talking about. Um, it's all nice and fresh and new when he's talking about transfers and exciting, but I hope he doesn't get himself tipped up with that. But the guy just loves his job and there is something really, something really heartwarming and something that really attaches you to, to that as well. Um, David Paul, okay, the last word on you. So these young whippersnappers, um, I, I kind of agree with Mason. I, I'd like to see Todd Cantwell over Tom Davies, but that's probably mainly for the photos I've seen of Tom Davies and his dress sense. Um, the boy's a bit, of, um, bit of a maverick by the looks of it, but what's your thoughts on these two potential signings? We've got to do something about the dodgy hairdos, first of all, because we, we can't, Take another one with <laughs> who cares more about their hairdo than they, they do about anything else. No, but the what I know of the players, certainly technical, you know, they're of, of the right age. We spoke about this again last Thursday, mid-20s, someone who you can bring who will hopefully commit themselves to like a three or four-year deal at Ibrooks and, and deliver value for us. And would still, even at the end of that time, have a resale value. That's that, that's surely the model that we we want to be working on, where we, we bring them in, and you know, come the day when they, we we turn them over, we actually uh, actually get some money. If we don't just get our money back, then we'll actually make more money from them. We'll have developed them, and uh, quite excited by it all, to be honest, because I think in only six games, the just the change in emphasis right from the word go. And you can, I can just see it. It's building and building and building, and the the changes that he's, he's making on the pitch with the personnel that he has. And I think if you know, giving him a personnel which he thinks are more suited to to his type of football, then uh, I think it's. I'm, I'm actually quite pleased the way things have, have gone in the last few weeks. And I got to get a, a big mention for Connor Goldson. I think we have way. I personally didn't, but I know some do, underrated what exactly Connor brings to that team. Because, you know, what clean sheets have started to reappear. The number of chances that the opposition are actually having in our box have started to shrink. And just the, the vocal presence of Connor Goldson, I think he is a colossus in our defence. Ben Davis is a good player. And you're thinking, you know, Ben Davis stays fit. Once the, the partnership, you know, gets, they get a, to know each other that bit more, you know, and it then becomes, you know, almost a sixth sense in terms of what they know each other will do. You know, I think it's, uh, but Connor for me is absolute standout. I mean, I, I think he would have been a candidate today for man of the match because uh, his presence on the pitch is just such an influence, such a good influence throughout that team. Uh, and, and when you see Connor bring that, that, I mean, I, I don't want to be, seem to be having a pop at another pop at Taff, but you see what the, his influence on the pitch brings, and then you think, well, 
you know, we've got a skipper there who, who doesn't bring the same level of influence. So Connor Goldson for me is the de facto captain anyway. So although Tav just gets to wear the armband. Have I said too much? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Tav, um, I hope. I mean, um, I, I'd like to think at least one or two of the Rangers players would watch this, um, maybe if they're bored, uh, but I hope they've Tav's not been at least reading the comments tonight. Um, but I think that's as good a time as any, gentlemen, to wrap up. Um, always left to do, as always, I'm going to thank my three guests, but beforehand, thank you to all the listeners. Uh, this is my first pod of the new year, so. Um, happy New Year to everybody! This is the last time I'll mention it because I'm, I'm no one of these guys who wish you a Happy New Year if the first time I see you is in April. Um, but I'll no, thank you for all uh, that's listening. As always, if you give us a wee like or follow or subscribe, wherever you you get your podcast, um, we're fast approaching the thousand subscribers on YouTube. If you can give us a subscribe, um, it once we get to the 1000 mark it helps us be able to bring more content um out on youtube and open up the channel a bit more so it would be hugely appreciated so gentlemen we are now building up to the semi-final against aberdeen we will have a podcast uh coming out on thursday night to preview that so in the absence of a game to have a prediction i'm going to ask you for your goodbye to the listeners and your prediction for how many players Rangers will sign this week. First of all, your foreign correspondent, David Tomlinson. Well, I'm going to say you were talking about the, the, the guy Davies Coase. I can accept the Coase, but if, if you look at them, the players that they sign, at least we've got bloody reasonable looking guys. That, that guy Johnson, he must be one of the ugliest bloody players on the, on the planet. And I was looking, I was even looking at the day and I thought they've got Maida, uh, Aidan McGeady I saw the day and that guy Henderson I saw the day. And I thought, you don't have to be ugly to play for Celtic, but it must help. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, yeah, well, I mean, they're talking about two or three. I think it'll be three. I don't think it'll be three or four. I think it'll be three. He's so gone all in, that, body. That's that's uh, that, that's. I, I think I think we'll, we we need a midfielder, and I think I think we definitely need another right winger uh, and that that can, yeah, push push Sakawa. Although Sakawa is absolutely brilliant, but you want somebody to push him as well. Um, and I, I think there'll be somebody else that's coming in that will sort of have a surprises, and uh, that's what it is. And no, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, I won't wish you a happy year because I've already done it. <laughs> So, all the best for the for the week, and have a good week. Cheers, Davy. Mason, thanks for coming on, mate. Um, give your goodbye, and are you going to go higher or lower, or the same as Davy's three signings before Thursday? No, thanks for having us on again. Uh, appreciate it, and uh, thanks for all the listeners and all the comments as always. Um, I think we'll get two in this week. I think I think the two we know uh, from Bill. That's that will be my guess. They're going to be coming in. Um, and then he mentioned, also mentioned, um, we're going to be looking at European markets um, later in his interview today, which makes me think the third one isn't going to come from England. So, but I can't see that happening this week. I'd like to be wrong. Hopefully, we get them as soon as possible. But I reckon we'll get three in. Kamara will leave, and we'll get one from Europe later in the month. That's my prediction. Perfect. Thanks for coming on, mate, as always. And last, by no means least, David Park. These are goodbye and how many signings are we going to see?
first of all, I mean, it's an interesting uh, who will be leaving because I think there may be a two or three leave if, if two or three come in. So, because I think Glenn Kamara's uh, was, was actually a I forgot to mention, you know, in, in the wee surprises, because I thought Glenn Kamara, because he is a big fan of Glenn Kamara, Michael Beale. So I was, I wonder if uh, maybe that was the, he's played his last game for us. One thing, I, I need to have a wee shout out for Curry Muncher, because he put in the comments last week, says, he, I don't think DVP reads the comments. And, well, DVP can't read the comments. So that's, <laughs> and, and, so if you you have to have big letters or something on it. So, but anyway, I will, I'm hoping that we'll get a couple in this week. So the the two that I think Davis and Cantwell, you know, I think they, it would appear that they they're certainly in the pipeline. So if we get those two, but I'm hoping that we can also we need to well, if, if three come in, then three will go out. So I'm just rack my brains as to thinking, you know, who they will. Will be so uh, that's about it. We'll Colin, just to come back in, it depends a lot. There, there's a lot of talk about Morelos going to Tigris, is it Tigris or whatever you call it? Aye, in Mexico. Um, I think if I think if he goes there, then then we'll definitely need to bring in another centre half, and it'll need to be in the same sort of a mould as Alfie. I mean, as much as Davy loves Cholik, um we need we need somebody that can hold the ball up there and and really. Uh, bring other players into play because I think we saw in the last few games that Joel has played there. It's it's not his type of game. He's more. I think we're two man strike force in flats. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm speaking Dutch now instead of uh, one player up front. Aye, I I agree with you there. Um, so my prediction is going to be. I think we're going to see two go. I think two go. Um, I think we will start seeing um, people move on for money, or just even if it is a couple of loans, I'll have maybe your lights off, like short rights on the tondos, guys who are not really contributing. I think we will see two go out the door. I'm going to say we'll see two come in as well, because uh, I think a lot of our spending and our type of signings will depend on how quickly we can get folk out the door. Um, and just to echo Davey uh, Park's points, and I'm sure he meant to thank everybody for the comments, but uh, it's uh, probably for the best, David, you can see the comments, because every now and then I'm giggling away when I may be speaking, because it's usually the ice of curries, like uh, calling out Mason's uh, lovely mm-hmm. teeth or whatever. But on that note, um, thank you all for listening. As always, we'll speak to you Thursday. We are the people. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.